Lekutah Sicha is Chelek Chafalef, the Sicha on Parshas Zohar. If the Hakonah from Kriya is Parshas Zohar, in regards to the the established custom that the Chachamim established that there should be a reading of Parshas Zohar, Lein Abateyre Dem Shabbos Far Purim, which is that we read in the Torah on the Shabbos before Purim, the Parsha from Zohar, is Shas the Parsha that talks about, it says, remember that which Amalek did to you. Frek the Moganavram. The Moganavram asks about this halacha that we should read Parsha Zohar. We find many, a number of mitzvahs which, where the Torah instructs us to remember a certain event. Like those things which yet we are, uh, we have to remember in the Birchus Krishna in Avas Oilam, there are words which remember us of certain events. For instance, the, it reminds us of Matan Torah, Maisa Amolek, Maisa Miriam, the story of Matan Torah. It reminds us of what Amolek did. It reminds us of um, what Miriam did, or what happened to Miriam that she spoke Lashon Hara and therefore she was stricken by leprosy. Shabbos, the remembering of Shabbos, or Maisa Egel, the remembering of what happened at the Egel. So we find a number of different things which are we are instructed to remember. The Mogan of Ram says, explains how the in Birchus Krishna there are words which remind us of each one of these events. So why then is it that all, the only one that's read from the Torah itself is the story of Amalek? We don't uh, we don't read from the Torah the story of Miriam, so that we remember the story of Miriam. There is no special reading to remember Shabbos and so on. When I have infant, the Magen Avram answers this by saying, "As Matan Torah Yeshon Chagatzeres, that Matan Torah we have a reading. We read on Shavuos. We, re- we remember the story. We read the story of Matan Torah. Who are Dimbe Shabbos, and the same is also on Shabbos. We read from the Aseres Adibres about Shabbos. Umaisa Miriam." And in regards to the story of Miriam and the story of the Egel, they didn't make a special takana for it. Because it talks about a uh, something that we don't want to. It's doesn't. It's not the best moments of the Jewish people, and therefore they didn't want to make a special reading to bring up such a negative story. So that's how the Mogan Avram answers. But this doesn't seem to be enough of an answer. Because in regards to the story of Amalek, we also have the reading that we do on Purim. Which is also connected, Purim itself is, re- is connected with remembering Amalek and the fact that we were able to defeat uh, Haman, which was from Amalek. And on the business, and the reading of Purim is the story of Amalek. This is the key from Purim is the partial Khanas Amalek. So not only is the entire Purim itself a remembrance of Amalek and the defeat of Amalek, but it's also there is a reading which uh, from the Torah which we read about the story of Ayyavi Amalek. Amalek came to fight with the Jewish people. In the Shabbos far Purim, 
the very reason why the Parsha Zohar, which in which we remember the story of Amalek, is read on the Shabbos before Purim is Ki Tiktem The reason that it's done before Purim is so that the remembrance of it should has to come before the actual practice of the defeat of Amalek, which happened through Haman which we commemorate through Purim. So therefore the mitzvah to remember it comes before the mitzvah of actually doing it, as, as the Gemara says. Haste so it comes out as Purim is da'asiyah from the schiris to Parsha Zohar. So Purim, not only is it remembering it, but it's, all, it's actually carrying out, or commemorating the carrying out of the, the, the defeat of Amalek, the erasing of Amalek. So therefore... Purim itself has the element of erasing Amalek, remembering Amalek and remembering what they did and erasing them, so why do we need a special reading before the Shabbos before to commemorate it? Why do we need a special reading to commemorate the, the, the remembering of Amalek, of what Amalek did, biz and then it's so much it becomes so pervasive it's become such so um, definitive of what that Shabbos is that the Shabbos becomes Shabbos Parsha Zohar the whole Shabbos is called by the name the Shabbos in which we remember what Amalek did so why do we need that Shabbos for when a few days later we're going to have Purim which is the very same thing it would seem is the fun mashma so from this it seems as the titakana from Parsha Zohar that this established practice of reading Parsha Zohar is nish nor vile sis nishtokens mam yuchadav the it's not only because there is no other time in which we remember the story of Amalek therefore a special Shabbos had to be um, allocated for it a special reading had to be dedicated to it Rather, nor Rather, what's really happening is that there is something about remembrance of Amalek that in itself needs to be done. There has to be a time dedicated to remembering what Amalek did. And this is more important than all the other remembrances which the Torah does also instruct. So we have to understand what is so unique and special about the remembering of the story of Amalek which is not found by any of the other remembrances and therefore it's specifically for this remembering of the story of Amalek there was established a special reading on the Shabbos Parsha Zohar and it would seem that other Rabbi, to the contrary, the under is chiras and in inyanim kloliim in the ranhagaf and aidin b'chol eisu b'chol makim. The other remembrances pertain to very fundamental things which are there constantly, most of them, in the conduct of a yid. Maimed Harsinai, one of them is the remembering that uh, the story of Matan Torah, that we stood before Harsinai, what happened, and this, the giving of the Torah, is the Yisoyed von Gans Torah That, of course, is the foundation of the entire Torah and Mitzvahs. The fact that we received it from Hashem and what happened. 
Then there is Shabbos is from the mitzvahs called the Shabbos is of course also considered one of the very fundamental mitzvahs and thus is Poyol Nishnored them talk from Shabbos and the the observance of Shabbos is not only something that affects the day of Shabbos itself it also has a, an effect on how you live the rest of the six days the fact that we rest on Shabbos is something which ha- spills over into the other six days as well on the other hand when we talk in the negative sense remembering the story of the eagle which is something that went against the first two of the Aseris Adibris that we should not have and in addition to that Hashem says that on the day that He wants to remember sins of the Jewish people in other words when it gets too much and the Jewish people sin too much I will also bring up that original sin the sin of the eagle as well I don't know if it's called original sin but the sin of the eagle as well in other words that the sin of the eagle will have consequences throughout history the montes aiden wie mit auf sein obgehit und in sumerabm sonisch kommen zu afkedalem avenesem so this reminds a year that we have to be careful not to do something that will bring up in Hashem's memory the sin from the ego we don't want to go back there so it it sort of keeps us in line remember that you shouldn't do something in which Hashem will remember what you did back then which of course is not just that you shouldn't do things which are wrong but that you have to also, have to also make sure that you do things that you need to do so it's, this is something that keeps us on the straight and narrow both in Surmira and in Asaytay so in other words remembering the Maise Egel is something which will have has something to say about how we will conduct our lives on a day to day basis even the story of Miriam which seems to be something that was in specific to Miriam which didn't really have an effect on the rest of the Jewish community at the time other than that they waited for Miriam but it didn't have a negative impact on them and it certainly doesn't have a negative impact on the rest of the generations so even though that's true is in them that remembrance also has a lesson to all yidin to all yidin how careful we have to be from Lashon Hara and we know that Lashon Hara is one of the most serious offenses the Chazal Zogn as our sages tell us as in as is Magdal um, Avoynus Keneged Gimel Averis Avedazor Gil Arais of Shrichas Domim that it increases sins. Speaking Lashon Hara causes an increase of sin, even those sins of Abedazar Gilei Reis and Shvichas Domen. And together the mit and at the same time from the schwerste Oizgid Veren Lagamri from the ear. On the other hand, even though it's so serious, it's so difficult to be able to truly be free of that sin of the Lashon Hara. So it has also very important impact on life for every yid and in every time so remembering these um, these other remembrances seem to have much importance much more importance it would seem than the story of Amalek
Mashenkin Skiris Amalek. On the other hand, when we look at the remembrance of uh, the story of Amalek, is a mitzvah pratis. This is a specific mitzvah. It doesn't speak of, you know, the uh, Jewish people's uh, connection to Hashem and so on. It, it's just a specific individual mitzvah. And it doesn't seem to have any significant lesson for a yid in their life and conduct. And uh, never mind to say it, uh, any lesson at all, certainly not a fundamental lesson it doesn't seem to have. So why is it that all the other remembrances, we don't have a special reading. They seem to be much more important than the story of Amalek. And the st- remembering the story of Amalek has a special reading, even though we don't seem to see any importance and lesson that is there found in the story of Amalek. The in them is noch starker, and the question is even more pronounced. The tachlos from Schiris Amalek is what is the purpose of remembering the story of Amalek? Mechias Amalek. It's really about wiping out Amalek. That's the ultimate goal. As the pasuk in fact continues, noch zocher after telling us to, to remember what Amalek did, it continues to say and it will be when Hashem will give you peace from all of the uh, nations around you, from all your enemies then you shall wipe out the, any memory of Amalek so that's the reason why we should remember it in order to wipe them out as the Rambam explains it he commanded us, Hashem commanded us to remember what Amalek did to us and to develop a an intense hatred towards him, towards Amalek, at any time, and to awaken ourselves by stating this, by remembering it, by stating our um, hate of Amalek, that we should go to war against him. This is the purpose of remembering it, so that it will encourage us, it will, it will enrage us, so that we will go to war against him. And since in our day and age, it's not possible to actually fulfill the mitzvah of wiping out a molek, uh, and not at least not in the conventional sense, in the literal sense, vile because for two reasons. Number one, mitzvah mechias amalek is norven idn zayn and alad mosam. The mitzvah on, of uh, wiping out Amalek only pertains to the Eden when we find ourselves in Eretz Yisrael, when in a matzah for menucha, and in a state of peace and tranquility. As the Pesach says, When Hashem will give you peace from all of your enemies, that's when you should take on the mission of wiping out Amalek. And that doesn't exist today, so therefore we're not able to do the, the actual wiping out of Amalek. Number two, the second reason why it doesn't pertain to today, is even if we did have the conditions that the Torah lays out, it would be peace, all the Jews would live in Eretz Yisrael, and there would be perfect peace from all the enemies, even if those things did exist, it's still impossible to wipe out a Malik because Sanchev had already come and he had 
switched the inhabitants of one country into another, and he made a confusion. All and nobody that lives in the country that they live that nobody lives in the country from which they originally came. He moved the Amalekites to another country and the people from that country to a third country, and that's why he transplanted all the inhabitants of one country to another country. He did this in order to that there wouldn't be any uh, freedom fighters. You know, when he takes over a country, you always have your freedom fighters that are constantly going to be fighting back. But if you live in a country which is not yours, you have no interest in, in freeing that country. You have no interest in doing that, so that's why he did that. What is the re- what cause? What is, happens as a result of that? Behold the parish, Meruba parish. So now nobody lives in the, con- the anybody living in the country where Amalek used to live is not actually from Amalek. Any non-Jew that you come upon, wherever he should live, is considered to be from the majority because that's the law that we always go by the majority. So any guy that we run into. Happen, is most likely from the majority of the world, which is not Amalek. So therefore, there's nobody to kill as being from Amalek. So that's not possible to do it anyway. So it comes out as the inyum from Zechiris Amalek that the whole idea of remembering the story of Amalek in our day and age is Nishta doesn't even have a practical purpose because you can't do anything about it anyway. When Afaplikain still even though it doesn't have a practical purpose, it's specifically in a, about the remembrance of the story of Amalek, was a special reading established on a special Shabbos, which that Shabbos is now called Shabbos Parsha Zohar. So what's the reason for this? Gimel. That Medos Fashtein will understand Bahagdim Abir by first explaining in them Etzim Inyum Fun Mitzvah Zechiras Hamolik. First, we have to explain and understand what is this mitzvah of remembering the story of Hamolik. L'chayir, because it would seem number one, Vibald as the Tachlus and Zechiras Hamolik is Bechiras Hamolik sins, as we just said. The purpose of remembering the story of Hamolik is in order to wipe them out. Havos is Dod Echiyuv of Zechiras Hamolik Ech B'Zmanazeh. This man, so then why is there such a mitzvah of remembering what Amalek did? Also, when a time, when Alpitaira, when Taira itself says, that there is no possibility to destroy Amalek at this time, so why is there a mitzvah to remember it anyway? Number two, why do we need a specific command? Remember what Amalek did to you. And this is all in for the purpose. As the Ramam says, the reason for this mitzvah is to remind us that we should be stating it again and again so that it will encourage us and then give us the passion to actually wipe out Amalek. Why is there such a need for such a mitzvah? Why? <coughs> Why isn't it enough that the Torah gives us a mitzvah, wipe out Amalek? The Torah doesn't, see, it doesn't seem anywhere else that the Torah has to give us the emotional preparation to com- uh, fulfill this mitzvah. For instance, like there is also a similar mitzvah that the Yidin, when they came into Yisrael, they were told not to allow any of the B'Shach Zedazai in regards to the seven nations that lived in Yisrael, 
The Torah says, do not allow any of them to live. We don't find over there that the Torah should instruct us to constantly bring to our memory how corrupt they were, and that's why we have to destroy them so that we shouldn't learn from their behavior. The Torah doesn't tell us why, give us the uh, impetus why we need to destroy them, that we have to constantly remember what they did, and therefore you will destroy them. The Torah doesn't say, remember what they did so that you will have the passion to, to kill them. There is no such mitzvah. Yet by Amalek, the Torah doesn't simply say, destroy them. It says, remember what they did so that you will be impassioned to destroy them. Why is that necessary? Is the fun gufa gedrungen. So from this itself we can see as as the is that even though the ultimate purpose of remembering Amalek is in order to destroy them, that this should bring us to destroy them, is But there must be something about just remembering Amalek which has its own value and its own purpose. The ultimate purpose of remembering Amalek is so that we will destroy them. But there must be something about remembering Amalek itself which has its own purpose and its own value and that's why the Torah tells us this mitzvah even in a time when it's not possible to destroy them and that's why the Torah tells us that we have to remember them even though in other places where the Torah instructs us to do things it doesn't tell us that we have to remember why we need to do them and for this reason the Rambam as well as others that list the mitzvahs the 613 mitzvahs and they explain which of the mitzvahs are to be counted as one of the 613 so Rambam and others count the wiping out of Amalek and the remembering of Amalek of their story the story that they did they listed as two separate mitzvahs with, other, with different parameters they don't have the same rules by which they which govern those two separate mitzvahs so the fact that they're two separate mitzvahs and not one two components of one mitzvah is already telling that remembering Amalek is its own mitzvah which has its own purpose and in addition to that, it's even different in certain ways than the mitzvah of destroying Amalek, as you will now say. The dogma, where do we see different parameters for these two mitzvahs? Mechias Amalek is from the mitzvah of Zainach The wiping out of Amalek is a mitzvah which is instructed to the community as, at, at large, as a whole. And according to his number of uh, opinions, is this a mitzvah It's a mitzvah not only on, it's not even on the tzibur, it's not even on the community itself, it's on the king who is in charge of the community. So it's specific to the king. And the mitzvah has certain conditions. It's only when the yidin are in Eretz Yisrael, when they live in Eretz Yisrael. It's only, as he said before, there were other conditions that when they have peace and so on. Masha Enken, on the other hand, the remembering of the story of Amalek is a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah on the community as a whole. It's a mitzvah on each individual yid. 
Whereas we can say the same about the wiping out of a Malik, that each individual Yid has the obligation to go find a Malik to find him. We don't find such a category, such a halacha. Un is a mitzvah tmidis. And also, the mitzvah of remembering the story of Amalek is a constant, ongoing mitzvah, which is not conditional on certain circumstances and certain conditions, like when the Yidin live in Eretz Yisrael. Bechol Malkum Bechol it pertains to every place where they live in any time, whether it's possible to wipe out Amalek or not. Un der inyen was vert uvgeton durch tzchiris Amalek farzich. And that this whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish by remembering the story of Amalek which will be explained later is something which is also very fundamental which applies to the entire Torah even more so than the other remembrances that we mentioned before which also seem to have very fundamental elements to them yet for some reason is even more fundamental and therefore the Torah says that we should read it and have a special reading for it and this will explain, be explained later what is so fundamental about the remembering of Amalek. Dalet, the beer in them. So to explain what this is all about. The Inyan from Amalek is, what is, what is it about Amalek which captures, which, why Hashem has reserved for it such contempt that we have to wipe out Amalek? It is that Yudeyas Rebbeinam Neschaben Limerud Amalek knows its master, it knows Hashem, it acknowledges Hashem, and it deliberately rebels against Hashem. Not that it's out of ignorance, doesn't really understand what Hashem is all about, doesn't understand the power of Hashem, doesn't understand the importance of Hashem. He knows all that, and still rebels. On the far and therefore, Eder Ha'id Amalek, before Ha'id can actually go to the step of wiping out Amalek, from Amalek meaning the literal sense of wiping out Amalek, first he has to make sure as by M, by in M, before you can go and destroy the actual Amalek, you have to make sure that there isn't a little bit of Amalek within yourself. In other words, that I don't have within me that tendency to acknowledge and know the power of Hashem and know the importance of Hashem and yet rebel not even in a very subtle way, obviously we hope, it's the hope that a Yid does not have this tendency to be aware of Hashem and still rebel against Him, but even in a very subtle way, this can happen in very subtle ways as we explain further on so before you can get to wiping out the Amalek out there you have to make sure that the Amalek within you has been dealt with. And that is the meaning and the purpose of remembering Amaleks. It's not just a remembrance which is meant to trigger and to lead you to do something afterwards to go ahead and wipe out Amalek. The war against Amalek and the wiping out of Amalek literally. Or another way of seeing, remembering Amalek would be, if you remember Amalek, then you will be careful about not doing something else. As we see, for instance, similar to 
why we are instructed to remember the story that happened to Miriam because if we remember that story that Miriam was stricken by leprosy as a result of Lashon Hara this reminds us that we shouldn't speak Lashon Hara so the Sechira Samolik is not just to allow us not to do things which would be a result of remembering what Amalek did no, Zechira Samolik Gufa but that the remembering of Amalek itself, just remembering it that in itself uproots the Amalek that might be in your own heart in Am Gufa, within yourself meaning a yid could have an Amalek within their own self that wants to have the, what is its purpose and mission that Amalek it wants to bring you to a state it's, it drives you its purpose is to drive you to also rebel against Hashem and therefore when a Yid remembers what Amalek is he fulfills the mitzvah of remembering Amalek and does it properly that in itself counters the drive within that comes from Amalek to rebel against Hashem. You remember Amalek properly, so therefore it neutralizes that tendency that Amalek has to rebel against Hashem. It uproots and it wipes out any tendency that a Yid could have to want to rebel against Hashem. Just remembering what Amalek is that's the purpose of remembering what Amalek is never mind that it should lead you to wipe out Amalek out there it automatically neutralizes the Amalek within you that's the purpose of remembering well Pisa Yuvan and based on this we'll understand why it's this particular remembrance that was connected has also established a reading in the Torah for it the reason is because Torah is has mastery over the world Torah is able to control the physical world similar to we know what Chazal say how you do in the well known Chazal they say this on the Pesach that they, the way they interpret it is is that the Torah has the ability to change the reality of the world briefly to give an example of this that if we know that the, the Bezdin was in charge of stating of determining when the, ca- the calendar so it went by the sightings of the moon and then there was also the uh, they would decide if there was going to be a leap year or not a leap year so they, had, they could make the next month either Nisan or they could just do another, a second other. There's also a halacha that says that a young girl of three, up until three, her, if there was an intimate uh, act, it, doesn't, it physically does not make her into a non-virgin because it would just repair itself. The, the hymen would repair itself after three years old then it's already it, it doesn't repair itself what happens if a girl was born on Rosh Chodesh Nisan 
And so, and then on her birthday, on her third birthday, there was such an event which would have rendered her a non-virgin. But now that the Besden decided that morning that they're going to call a second other for this year, so now she does. She's no longer three years old. She's going to have to wait a month to become three years old. So the Torah would therefore impose a repair on her body because she's not yet three years old. All based on what the the Besden said. In other words, this is an example of the Torah has the ability to determine the physical reality of the world. On the farm, for this reason, when we connect the remembering of the story of Amalek with an actual reading of the Torah, this lends power to when you remember Amalek, it's not just that you remember Amalek, which could either have an impact on what will happen in your soul or in your mind and so on, or it might not. But when the Torah reminds you of Amalek, remembers Amalek, then it has a power to actually change what's happening in your mind. It has the power to make it happen in your mind. Hey, this is also one of the explanations why the reading of Parsha Zachar is in according to the most of the uh, of the Paskim, the uh, the sizers of uh, Jewish law that mitzv- that uh, the reading of the Parsha of Amalek is actually mitzvah essa a positive mitzvah min to understand some of the differences, what, what's the difference if it's a mitzvah min or it's a mitzvah min rabbanan? One of the the uh, unique special qualities of a mitzvah deiraisa over a mitzvah rabbanan is was mitzvah deiraisa hab mashtarke puula oif un invelt. A mitzvah as a teira mitzvah teira law has a strong impact on the world itself. As we know, the, there's a long discussion, a great discussion about this in the later writings of Halacha. They make the difference as Isr that the is when a, something is prohibited by the Torah, the Torah puts its prohibition onto the object itself. That prohibition affects the object. That object becomes prohibited. The thing, the object itself becomes something which is despised, something which is rejected by Jewish experience. This is something you have to stay away from. Because the thing itself is a, is a, a way, is something that we have to reject. But when we look at something which the Rabbanon prohibited, the rabbinic sage is prohibited. Zainan Loit Kamadeh is Blaisan Isagavra. According to many opinions, the prohibition only attaches itself to the person. You must stay away from that thing. But not that that thing necessarily is something which is totally out of bounds, totally off limits. You have to stay away from it. The prohibition attaches to you. The Chachamim Legna Refan Isser have mentioned the Chachamim imposed a prohibition for, uh, for this person, in other words, every Jewish person, but they did not render, they did not declare that these things become, by definition, um, 
reviled. Now, on the other hand, we know that there is a certain quality of a Mitzvah de Rabbanon which even supersedes a Mitzvah de Raisa. Kemayim HaChazal, as our sages describe this, that the prohibitions that were set, made by the rabbis are even more dear to us than the prohibitions that the Torah itself imposed. As is them gavra those that difference where the Chachamim say that the one the prohibitions imposed by the rabbinic sages are even more dear to us than the Torah law, that's something that describes our attitude towards it. Because in those in fulfillment of those mitzvahs which the rabbinic sages then added to what the Torah already prohibited because that expresses that a Yid wants to be a servant of Hashem that's what it expresses my desire to serve Hashem and that's why a Yid says please give us more mitzvahs give us more decrees Tell, you know, add on to the stuff that you want us to serve you with and it's not enough that we ask Hashem to give us more mitzvahs. That's not enough. We even accept upon ourselves what the rabbinic sages added, that they put imposed other types of decrees as well, prohibitions. Other or on the other hand, or they make certain boundaries that you can't cross over, so that we will be certain, you know, there's uh, the idea that we should stay away, further away from getting close to violating one of the principles of the Torah. So they make, you know, stay further away from that. And that's why they made certain um, fences around the Torah so that if you stay away from getting close to violating the Torah law, you're certain that you will not do it. But for that, you need to stay further away. So they prohibited other things as well. So this is all for the purpose of a Yid having an intense desire to serve Hashem properly. So therefore he invites more you know, limitations on, him, on his behavior in order to make sure that we serve Hashem in the best way, in the most beautiful way possible. But it doesn't speak of the objects itself. The object itself is not a reviled object. It's just to keep us away from those things which are reviled, which the Torah declares to be reviled. And another point that could be made about this, by mitzvahs they rise, uh, when we talk about a mitzvah, since they have an effect on the objects of the world, in a more intense way, that they actually changed fundamentally the object, that it becomes something which is reviled, is by Since when the Torah prohibits something, so it's not as obvious that we are fulfilling these mitzvahs because Hashem said to do them. We do them only because Hashem said to do them. Why not? Because each mitzvah has a an accomplishment. It accomplishes something specific, which is it accomplishes something in the world. So is is mailim. So the fact that when we do a certain mitzvah in we are accomplishing something 
which in itself has intrinsic value. So the fact that the, the act that we did, the mitzvah that we did, has such an important imp- imprint, impact on the world, so that in itself could be the reason why we do it. As an example, if you say that uh, one should not steal, so we understand that there is very many good reasons why a person shouldn't steal. It keeps society on balance. That's just the physical expression of why not to steal. Then there are certain things which it has spiritual impact as well. So when we do a mitzvah like do not steal, so it's possible that a person is not doing it to serve Hashem at all. He's doing it just because there is so much value in conducting your life in that way, and many people can do it just for that reason. So the more impact the mitzvah that you do has in a very real way on the world, which mitzvahs minatayra do have an impact on the world, they have great spiritual impact on the world. As we said before, they cause, if it's something which is prohibited, they cause that thing to become reviled and so on. They have strong impact on what is happening in the world. Therefore, that gets in the way of seeing that a Yid serves Hashem simply because he wants to serve Hashem. Because there are other agendas which could come into play in why he's doing a mitzvah. So therefore, the, the uh, impact that the mitzvah has on the world is mylim that could conceal the fact that the real reason why a Yid does a mitzvah is only because he submits to the will of Hashem. He wants to do what Hashem wants. In other words, that the real reason for a mitzvah is because Hashem said to do it, not because of what it accomplishes in the world. So that happens by a mitzvah but when we talk about fulfilling a mitzvah that the Rabbanon gave where the impact of the mitzvah is not as powerful on the world and on the the reality of the world so that expresses even more that the fact that a yid fulfills mitzvahs not because by this we accomplish such great things in the world but rather the real reason the real drive why we do mitzvahs is because this is what Hashem wants us to do we serve Hashem we are simply fulfilling the will of Hashem that's the reason why we do it and that's more recognized in a rabbinic mitzvah even more than in a Torah mitzvah so that's true for the, the mitzvahs of the Rabbanon and how they apply to the person and how they express the person's dedication to Hashem more that's the value of a rabbinic mitzvah. But when we talk about what actually gets accomplished by the mitzvah of the Torah, that which the mitzvahs impact the world, is then over there to the contrary, a mitzvah which is in a Torah has the power that Torah has, which is in the mitzvahs, from Welt, that it has an impact on and it transforms and changes the actual world, the reality of the world. And a way that doesn't 
that the Mitzvah doesn't have that impact on the world itself. It has a greater impact on the person doing the mitzvah, but the world is not transformed in the same way by a mitzvah der Rabbanon, as a mitzvah der Raisa. And that's the, f- the reason the far is Kriya's Parsha Zohar. That's why the reading of the Parsha Zohar, a mitzvah sesem and a Torah, becomes a Torah mandated law. That this gives you the Torah's power, the Torah lends its power to make this remembrance of Amalek's story, that it should accomplish the wiping out of Amalek within yourself, that it should give more power, to, that the remembrance should actually neutralize any tendency that a Yid has to, even in a very subtle way, rebel against Hashem. Vav, and since remembering the story of Amalek is a constant mitzvah, is verstanden, it's understood as those is an Indian was jeder of sich in them. That's obvious that, that, some, that this is something that each and every individual Jew needs to constantly be aware and on guard for this mitzvah. Because even though it's cl- clearly there's no reason to God forbid in any way, and the Rebbe repeats Chasr Shalom twice, to say as a id of zayn tamid does tamid bavarinen for nish zayn ayedeis rabbeinu mechschab and limred by clearly we don't need to make sure and be constantly on guard that a yid should not take this extreme step of knowing Hashem and still rebelling against Him. This is something out of the question. We don't need to really constantly make sure. That would be like saying. You have to make sure constantly that you shouldn't go and murder somebody. It's not something that you have to be constantly on guard about. But, but there, there is a necessity to constantly be aware in the Bedakos in a very refined way, in a very subtle way. There are expressions of rebelling Hashem against Hashem, even though we know who He is. But from them, Ken Sof Sof. Especially that if a person becomes accustomed to doing it in a subtle way, you know in the back of your mind that Hashem knows and, and doesn't want you to do this, and yet you do it. If you do that in a subtle way many, many times, it could lead you to more and more pronounced ways of rebelling against Hashem until it could lead you into actually rebelling against Hashem in a very coarse way, not in a subtle way in an overt way and to explain at the very end of this week's parasha where at the end of the story of Amalek it says that Hashem raises his hand in an oath that there is a war war against Amalek on the part of Hashem forever so the name of Hashem that is used here is Yutke, Zogn Chazal, our sages tell us, as Ein Shmoy Sholem, that the name of Hashem, which is usually written as Yutke Vavke, four letters, Hashem's name cannot be complete, until the name of Amalek will be wiped out. Kolzman Amalek is Kayam, as long as Amalek still exists, is Hashem Nishbishlemis, the name of Hashem cannot be complete. It's only written Yudke, the two letters, rather than Yudke Vavke. Amolek is Menaged of the Oasis Vavke from Hashem Avaya, because Amolek 
stands in opposition to the latter two letters of the name of a Yutke Vavke, which is the Vav and the He. Molek is at war with those two letters, and as long as a Molek is still around, those two letters are incomplete, and therefore the name of Hashem is reduced to Yutke. That's why this name is used in this passage. Well, the Chayir you have to ask about this uh, about this idea. Bibal does a molek is mischaban v'limreid by in Eibushin since a molek's intention is to rebel against Hashem Himself. Is my timer? What's the reason then that number one v'aser is menagi b'leis of shleimus Hashem that He only stands in opposition to the complete name of Hashem? Why isn't he in opposition to the entire name of Hashem? Why only to the second two letters of Hashem? Number two, in the Nigun of Shlemus Hashem, when we talk about even the completeness of the name of Hashem, he could be in a opposition. He doesn't stand against the first two letters of Hashem, which is even higher than the Vavke, the second, the latter part of the name of Hashem. Yudke is on a higher level. If he's going to stand in opposition to the completeness of the name of Hashem, you would think that he would oppose the more important part of the name, which is Yudke. And number three, Adarab, as bleibt Yudke, bleibt Hashem fundi Shem In fact, if he leaves the Yudke intact and only opposes the Vavke, then you still have a full name of Hashem, Yudke in itself is one of the, letter, the names of Hashem which is not allowed to be the seven names which you may not erase so Yudke itself has a certain completeness of a name of Hashem so if he's going to oppose something you would think that he would oppose that name or rather those, that part of the name those two letters in the name the Bir Bazez so to explain the Pa'ulus from the Dalet Oisif from Shem Avaya Eifan Eden in Und wie stehen in seinen stehen und Adam. So the what does the name of Hashem have to do with a with a yid? How do they translate into the yid's reality? Because a yid is a damal elyon. A yid is created in the image of Hashem. Bitzalmenu, as the pasuk says, also. Adam, the word Adam means Adam al I am similar to Hashem. And Bitsalmenu Hashem said, Let us make man in our image. So, in other words, that the name of Hashem is reflected within the Jewish person as well. What is the reflection of the name of Hashem? This is how they are reflected. Yud, K, the Yud and the He are Chachma, Bina. They represent, Yud represents Chachma, He represents Bina. That is Seichel, the intellect of the person. The Vav of the name of Hashem. <coughs> represents Midrash the emotional makeup of the person the toy, as well as Torah and hey, the la- latter hey is Dibra talks is about speech and action and Malchus, which is in the level of Malchus that's speech and action or mitzvahs the way the, a Yid practices mitzvahs so Yudke is the intellect Vav is the emotional uh, makeup of the person and hey the second hay is how he affects the world around him through speech and through activity, through doing things. Iker Mulchanus Amalek is what is the main war of Amalek against Hashem? Amalek is interested mostly in how is this going to translate into 
actual reality. He doesn't care about what, he's, what you're thinking. He cares about what you're going to do. How are you going to behave? In regards to the intellect of a person represented by Yudke, is an issue, is a minagri, doesn't really doesn't really care about that. He doesn't care if you know and recognize Hashem. That's intellect. Knowing and recognizing Hashem, he doesn't have any problem with that. You could know Hashem. As Mahat Narafashtand in Alakus, if a Yid walks around in life and says he understands God, he thinks about God, he meditates about God, but he doesn't behave accordingly, Amalek is perfectly fine with that. What Amalek wants is, he doesn't want that intellect to permeate the emotional makeup of a person. Because when you become emotionally involved, that will impact the way you think, that will impact the way you talk, that will impact the way you behave. That's the Vavke. So he is at war with the Vavke. He doesn't really care about the Yudke. In fact, in his mind, in Amalek's view of the world, that's the best situation that he, that he would approve. In other words, if a person is ignorant of Hashem and therefore rebels, that's not as much of a rebellion that doesn't satisfy a Malik. A Malik likes the rebellion that comes with knowledge. You're aware of Hashem. Your intellect is permeated by Hashem. But it doesn't affect your emotional uh, reality. It doesn't affect your behavior. That's the kind of, uh, of rebellion that a Malik is looking for. And that's what our sages, that's what they emphasize by saying, He knows his master. He has a good and, and thorough understanding of the power of Hashem, of the existence of Hashem. And even so, he intentionally rebels against Hashem. Because he doesn't allow the intellect to make its way into emotional and then behavior of the person. When in dem prat for a molek, and it's in this detail of a molek, that knowing Hashem doesn't bring you to submit to Hashem. At least in accordance with your knowledge, the submission should be in accordance with how well you understand the reality of Hashem. Because Kabbalah's oil submission, that's what uh, compels a yid to do mitzvahs. But when a person is lacking that submission to Hashem, the less submission a person has the more that can be called a rebellion at least in a subtle way this is the thing that every yid has to keep in mind that's what we have to make sure that we do not fall into that that we somehow lack the submission to Hashem because wherever it stands in their understanding of Hashem, wherever you are, there is room for making this mistake. 
that the, the understanding that you have, the level of knowledge that you have, should not properly translate itself to submission. And that's, the, that's where Amalek is operating. And that uh, breakdown between your knowledge and your submission. And therefore, every yid, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever level you are, there is that problem that it should not translate to proper submission to Hashem. And that's why a yid always has to be on guard from being, uh, you know, not to fall into Amalek's trap. That's why it's so important to be constantly aware of what Amalek is trying to accomplish and no yid is exempt from this because wherever you are, there could be that problem. Zayin, the mitzvah benayich v'shteim v'shamelchamus amalek is fargekum v'derech v'tzeischem mitzrayim. Why it is that <coughs> the war of amalek took place on your way out of mitzrayim far matan teirah, which means before they even arrived at matan teirah. V'bal das yed azachas b'ashgocha pratis. Since everything is of course by divine providence, is moving. It's understood. It does gufa. V'shamelchamus amalek v'gashnis is given kainem matan teirah. The very fact that Amalek's war took place, the actual physical war, literal war, took place before Matan Torah, is while Amalek Beruchnis is menaged, nish tzulaz, and the meaning of a chiddush from Matan Torah, is because the spiritual aspect of Amalek is also trying to accomplish the same thing, not to allow Matan Torah to happen. In other words, that which Matan Torah is going to accomplish, Amalek is trying to interfere with that. The uftu for Matan Torah is what is the that unique accomplishment of Matan Torah? As Torah lebish from Ayimhi, the Torah is no longer confined to the heaven. Zizol nish bleibim nor beruchni is meaning to say that it sh- that Torah should not be the spiritually powerful thing, but it doesn't make its way into the physical world. Nor as muzarob kumen lamata, but the Torah also has to permeate the physical reality as well. Limud bepayil lomitzvah meisus dafke that a person has to learn Torah and that you have to actually fulfill mitzvahs. The other rabba meisu eikir. In fact, the fulfillment of mitzvahs is considered to be primary. <coughs> that was actually what the Malachim were trying to say when they, they countered, they said, why are you sending the Torah down to earth? When Moshe Rabbeinu came to take the Torah, they said, this is a hidden treasure. Put your beauty, this, this hidden treasure, leave it up here in heaven. This is where it belongs. Since Torah is the absolute highest level of Ruchnius, so therefore where should Hashem place it it should be placed on heaven this is where spirituality belongs up here in heaven not down on earth because heaven is the true place of Ruchnius that's even higher than what our world has there is a certain sense of spirituality in our world as well, which is intellect. Intellect is the spiritual of the physical world that we live in. So Torah should not be confined, should not be placed into the intellect of a person's brain. It should be left out of the person's reality altogether. Leave it up here in heaven. That's what they were saying. But then, so that's what Amalek was trying to accomplish to keep the Torah out of making its way down into the physical reality of the world. But when we neutralize Amalek, which is that from the Torah being learned and understood in our brain, 
it makes its way down into our actual behavior. In other words, that we complete the name of Hashem, we allow the Yudke to also permeate the Vavke, that it travels down to Vavke, so the name becomes complete. Then we can also answered what the Malachim were complaining about, to know that Hashem should leave it up there on his Ved Lamata and that Hashem the Malachim also come to understand that the re, the real place of Torah is that it should make its way down into the physical reality and not to remain a spiritual thing. This explains now why it's so the great importance of remembering the story of Amalek which is more important even than the other remembrances which are very fundamental but this one is even more fundamental because remembering and neutralizing Amalek is comes before even Matan Torah. It's there as a condition for Matan Torah, for receiving the Torah. Even before a Yid has the ability to receive Torah, you first have to neutralize what Amalek is trying to accomplish, not to allow that what is understood in your mind should actually make its way down into your emotional reality and to your behavior when we fulfill the mitzvah of remembering the story of Amalek in Golis which what does it mean to remember Amalek in Golis it means dealing with it with, with Amalek within ourselves is that brings forward and makes quick Brings quickly that we will be able to fulfill the mitzvah of wiping out Amalek in its literal sense, in the entire world of Agashmi is in a physical reality, in a material way. How will this happen? Because we will have we will have the uh, appointment of a king, which is Malka Mashiach, the King Mashiach. He will be able to point out to us who exactly is Amalek. So that will take care of the problem of we don't know who it is. Mashiach will point them out to us. And then will be the war of Hashem against Amalek. All the wars of Hashem, including the war against Amalek. He will wage the war against Amalek and we will be victorious to defeat them and to wipe them out. And then comes the next step, which is to build the base of Amalek, speedily in our days, literally.